Poems for sale. Poems for sale. I'm rhyming for dimes and I'm passing my pail like I do every time I got poems for sale. Hell, I'd even trade poems for ale if you got it. It's rough selling poems when nobody's bought shit. It's tough, man, and sometimes I sob. And then sometimes I drink, but that's part of the job. These poems are about jobs. The first one is about blood sport. All the boxers in town used to pile around my porch. Sounds unfortunate now how the men in our town used to pound one another. I never knew one other job for a man who was good with his hands and was bad to the bone like men get when they're grown and they're thrown into rings and must do their man things to be seen by the girls so that they can put rings on their fingers and linger in town and not look at the ground when the other men pass. I would surely pass out from the pressure amassed just from being a man who was good with his hands. I know many men do because like I told you all the boxers in town used to pile around my porch. When the fighting was done they would lie in the sun and tell lies just for fun like men do when they're grown. When I hear them I groan but I leave it alone because they're worn to the bone. So I let them get warm on my porch till they're scorched and they love me of course because I do not shove their mistakes in their face like the lies that they make or the bones that they break in the faces of others. It's like I'm their mother. Come visit in summer. You may hear the sound of a trickling stream get drowned out by the screams of the boys getting pounded like rocks getting grounded to clay. And I think that's okay because they're softer that way. That's when they make their way to my porch. All the boxers, of course, all the boxers. Thank you. This next one is called I Adopted a Man. I adopted a grown man I met at the newsstand. I saw he was sad because the world had gone mad and felt bad like I had to adopt. When I saw how he stopped at the stand and felt bad, I said, man, you're a man who is after my heart. I'm not messing. I think that it's time that you start learning lessons from me while you're safe in my house. And I think you should think of my beautiful spouse as a mother of sorts. And brother, I'm daddy, of course, and you're safe in the womb of my home. You're no longer alone in a world filled with news that piles up to your neck and then hangs like a noose. You can loosen that tie. Now you're my little guy. Why don't you call your boss and I'll tell him, shoo fly, you may not bother me or my beautiful son. Let him focus on fun while he plays in the sun and while I go to work like some jerk who must write for the news. Yes, that's just what it's like because that's what I do and I hate that the news has been making folks blue and it makes them feel bad and makes me feel bad too, but I'll clue you into what I do. Here's what I recite when the news that I write gets me stressing all night. I say, hey man, sleep tight, because the news that you write isn't always wrote right. And I coo to myself that that's true. The news I produce isn't always the truth. Man, if only they knew those poor fools forced to stand round the stand and read news that I write till they open their hands with a knife. I mean, what kind of life do those poor bastards live. I ask myself, is there some way to give some sort of thing back? Some way I could help the
them but still earn these stacks? Then I saw a sad sack whose world was all black. His eyes were dark circles, the skin below cracked. I was so racked with guilt at the sight of him. I signed the papers before I said hi to him. Then I said, man, you're a man who is after my heart. And then I brought him home and thought, this is a start. He loved my big house and he liked my wife too. And I told him, brother, have I got good news. Uh-oh. Looks like we've got some news fans out here. Don't worry. You're gonna like this next one. It's about the prison industrial complex. Yay! It's called I'm Drawing My Inmate Intimate. So I'm putting in time on the line where I cook doing fine when I feel a cold chill down my spine and I find that I'm drawing those familiar lines which together define my inmate. His every trait is outlined in the plate that I'm frying and of course that ruins the course that I'm cooking. I'm stewing cause I get irate when I draw my inmate. It's a fate I'm resigned to. I hate the design drew my inmate from prison, who I drew each night when I was locked up with him. An empty decision I made as the two of us laid in that cell where we dwelled and the world around frayed into nothing. Those drawings meant nothing. I'm noting a tone in your voice. Are you trying to say something? Hey, wait. Did you just intimate that it's somehow intimate how I now draw my inmate looking great like before he got strapped in the chair for his crimes? You still and I wish I was there all the time? Why well, ought to start frying your face on this stove? You nut, I will season your butt with some cloves and some sage and nutmeg. And I hope that you beg me to stop, just like Drew begged me not to stay caught in the past and to show you I'm past it. I'll throw out this drawing where Drew looks fantastic and nearly divine. Man, why would I mind? I'm doing just fine on the line where I cook and I'm putting in time. Thank you. This next one is also about an artist. It is called Matthew's Statue. They built a statue of Matthew, my daddy who had 202 fights he fought in one night, and that's right, that's 200 plus fights that he won, starting right when the sun fell and quelled when it begun to rise. I can say that and look in your eyes, cause it's true. If I'm lying, then why would they build that huge statue of Matthew, the Boxer Supreme? And why do men deem it worthwhile to convene at the scene where they put up that statue? which stands right where Matthew stood over their bodies. Why is it his colleagues collect in that tunnel where Matthew once humbled them so as he pummeled them? No one's disgruntled when they speak of Matt. How can that be in a town where most men rest their hat on being the heaviest hitter in a town full of nothing but half-wit grifters and penniless drifters who marry their sisters? Why do they whisper when they speak of Matt? Can it be true that my dad was all that in the fat bag of chips? I couldn't say that, but daddy said this when he finally slipped in the fight when he tripped and got chipped in the face, and he fell on his ace, and old Matt took his place in the sun as the sun came up and replaced him. Here's what dad was saying. 
I won, my son. Now my fighting is done. Don't you cry for your daddy. He got what he wants. There ain't one man alive who's fought more fights than I've. And when fighting is what you delight in, the frightening truth is you're waiting to lose. You're waiting till someone is tougher than you. And you know for sure just how tough you were. And sir, I surely was one tough mother. 202 folks can tell you that, brother. But I tell you this, when y'all reminisce on that fighter named Matthew, you promised me that you remember me as I look now. Beaten to blood with my back to the ground. Cause that's how I looked when I knew I was cooked. And I finally knew what it took to take me down. It took every person in my hometown. I guess I'm at home in that, grateful for knowing that, especially supposing that fighting's what life's all about, when you're stuck in a town and you'll never get out. The fact is that everyone everywhere's fighting. Everyone everywhere's fighting a fight that might not be exciting, but everyone fights till they're finally laid out. And me, I'm out cold, but I know when my story is told, it's about how I fought my way out. Dad's words hit the hardest. They crippled their targets, the men who he'd crippled, who loved him regardless. The artist then left us. We laid Dad to rest us, few whose injuries did not prevent us from walking. We carried him home, and we never stopped talking about all the knockings we took from that rockin' man named Matthew, whose statue went up for that dark day was done. I watched it get built as we lied in the sun, and we roasted our buns and got Got scorched and we viewed from my porch as the sculptor's blowtorch did spun a magnificent statue, one which when done looked exactly like Matthew had looked when he won 202 fights all in one night. And I tell you, that's right, that's 200 plus fights and his statue's bright red. You can see where they busted his head if you stare off the edge of my porch. That sounds unfortunate now, but he'd love it, of course, and we covet our view of that statue. Many men race just to reserve the space where you see Matt's face as he tasted the grace of defeat. We dream of that taste, and we put up our feet, and it's sweet like it was for old Matthew, the man who proved that you can win when you lose, the man who's the reason that many men choose to lay on my porch as they pop open bruise and lick on their bruises, the way that men do when they choose to fight. It ain't a great choice, but I think it's all right, but then I'm just a boxer. That's it. That is the end of Poems for Sale Jobs. I'm done professing poems about professions. But if you're still listening, I am going to read a poem. I wrote a poem about a poem. If you can imagine a thing so heinous. It's about a piece I did called Turbulence, which turns one year old today. So... Turbulence. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a word, it's the thing that you say when the sounds that you found seem to spray in the air. It's the thing that you don't care to share, but you let it eke out and you watch it freak out in the sky. And the words are absurd, but they're heard, and here's why. There's a part of each heart which believes man can fly, and it opens our eyes to the fact that there's many things end up that high. Yes, why don't we all try then to rattle our thighs and end up 
up there. I promise that you're spry enough for the rough air where there are rare colors unseen, which shine with a sheen that won't mean a damn thing to those chained to the ground. When they hear your sound, they might think it's insane. They won't know what it is, cause it isn't a thing. Cause it's bigger than words. It's a bird, it's a plane.